You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Rick, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. And Jackson, what a game. Uh, you're back now from Boise State, and you got to, to take in that game firsthand. Uh, what was it like being there on the, on the ground, on the blue blue turf, or, or what we like to call the Smurf turf? Yeah, I'll tell you, it was as cold as advertised. <laughs> I bet. It was chilly. I mean, that. I thought maybe since it would be in the afternoon that it would be a little bit warmer, but the whole Bulldog side and all the stands behind the Bulldogs were all in the shade about by kickoff. So uh, it was a little chilly, and then when the whole stadium got into some shade and the sun started setting, it was a, a whole different type of cold. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome that it was a well worth it to experience the win. Uh, I mean, the Bulldogs, it was a bit of a struggle for a little bit, and they just made all the big plays to get in there, you know, get the lead, and then put it away with quite a bit of time still on the clock. So um, it was, in some ways, uh, more of a grind than I even expected, and in other ways, it was a lot easier than I expected it to be for the Bulldogs. So they were the ones that made the big plays, and I was especially surprised by kind of the atmosphere. It was a lot of... I mean, it wasn't near any board being full in the stands. It was a much quieter venue. Um, not as difficult for the offense to get their plays called and everything. So uh, a little bit of a surprise that the home field advantage didn't play as big of a role this time for the Broncos. Yeah, I was reading that uh, uh, the the Bron- Bronco faithful did not show up for this game. I don't know if it was uh, because they thought they had it in the bag or if it was just not important enough for them. Uh, they just decided not to show up. And so <clears throat> that did make a huge difference as far as the home field advantage. Uh, it seemed like it was swayed a little bit more towards the Bulldogs in this one. And uh, and the, the, the energy uh, could be seen on what the Bulldogs were able to do during this game. I mean, early on, it looked like it was going to be a defensive struggle. Um, between the two, but then it seemed to kind of open up a little bit for the Bulldogs, and they took advantage of it, right, Jackson? Yeah, they sure did. I mean, even so, the, I mean, the offense, they had to convert and execute in situations. They only had really one length of the field drive all game. I mean, Nico Remigio broke it open with a punt return. They had a quick three-play touchdown drive after Cam Lockridge's first interception, and then a six-play touchdown drive after a second interception, and the one length of the field drive was uh, extended by a roughing the punter penalty. So uh, it wasn't the offense's best day by any stretch. We know how good that Boise State defense is and how much of a challenge it was expected to be. Uh, we thought that you know the Bulldogs would look a lot better this time with Hayner than they did last time around. But it really ended up being the defense and the special teams that set the Bulldogs up for points. Uh, all four drives were, or all four scores were assisted by defense and special teams in some way. Yeah, and it it uh, it really did uh, it really did make a difference. And and I tell you what, Jackson, we we were toying with uh, the keys of the game last week before this game happened, and the two items that we said were going to be the difference maker in this game: offensive line play and special teams. And who showed up? 
<laughs> both the offensive line and special teams, they were able, the offensive line did tremendous in, in keeping uh, Hayner upright and uh, the opening up some lanes for the the, the running game to, to actually make a difference. And then, of course, special teams where uh, Romijo breaks one for a touchdown and almost breaks a second for a touchdown. And uh, it just seemed like they were clicking on special teams uh, for this game. Yeah, you know, I, I really thought that it could turnovers and special teams could make a difference, but that I thought both teams would be tight and execute well and avoid the mistakes for the, the big home run plays in those areas. And I mean, Fresno State came up with all the big ones there. Uh, only two turnovers in the game, both interceptions by the Bulldogs, I mean, both by Lockard specifically. And then the special teams unit with Nico Remigio breaking the big score. I mean, usually Boise State is known very well for their sound special teams play. And then the roughing the punter one was just huge. I mean, it's a much less distinct play when you compare that to a punt return for a touchdown and everything that goes into that. But it did end up being a big deal for the dogs to go and get that score to get their first two possession lead of the night. So both of those ended up being. Um, ultimately, while a very small portion of the game, the more critical part than really the, the two offenses against the two defenses, uh, but the O-line did come up big when the Bulldogs were in position. They were able to punch in those scores that the defense set up, and, and that, I mean, if those were field goals, uh, who knows how that game it would have been a whole lot closer for sure. Absolutely, and this, uh, it, it, it seemed like the, the Bulldogs were on a mission in this game, especially, uh, you could tell Hayner was on a mission. He wanted to get that monkey off of his back. He, the last, last meeting he had with them uh, was basically a blowout, and he wanted to end his career on a high note and, and get that elusive Boise State win that uh, most quarterbacks here at Fresno State have trouble getting. Uh, he was able to, to take that and, and, and do it in a, in a great fashion during a championship game, which means more than, than anything else to a lot of these players. And they were able to, to capitalize on it. And now um, Mountain West champions and, and they get to, to move on to the prize bowl game that uh, the Mountain West has tied into this one. And uh, they're, they're, they're probably still celebrating right now, Jackson. I, I think they are. <laughs> I mean, when I saw some footage of them, they were, they were just having a blast, but during this game as well, um, something else happened that hasn't happened in a while. And, uh, and that was uh, Moreno Cropper ended up uh, getting, um, thousand yards receiving uh in this one or or should i say cropper moreno i i, I get those mixed up jackson is it <laughs> is it is it moreno cropper or cropper moreno a moreno cropper and uh, we'll have one more game and i think he's going back to cropper after that <laughs> but, uh, yeah he hit the thousand yard mark mims hit the thousand yard mark previously it's the first time they've had a pair of uh, receiving and a rushing thousand yard uh, gainers uh, since 2014, and it was the first thousand yard receiver since 2018. Keyshawn Johnson had that last year, so um, I mean it was pretty amazing that the Bulldogs uh, didn't have a thousand yard receiver last year with uh, Jake throwing for over four grand. But they've had so many receivers, and the ball's been spread out so much that uh, we finally saw one of them crack it with Cropper doing it this year. Um, fortunately, he came up big, and him both him and Nico Remigio with uh, Josh Kelly out for quite a few weeks and missed several weeks before that. So 
Uh, they definitely needed the depth and the talent to, to get through this year. Zane Pope also had a big day in the championship and has had several big games. So uh, that receiver unit came up big this season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They they did spread the ball qu- around quite a bit. Um, when when Jay Kaner is on his game, he, he tends to spread that ball around a, uh, a to the to the hot hand, so to speak, on the on the wide receiver core, and uh, but you know having Cropper come away with a thousand yards is huge for for not only the team but for him as well as he was trying to 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 get to that mark. Uh, they tried in that last game of the season, but it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. So it, it came down to this championship game in order for them to to get him his thousand yards, and they were able to do it. And now. Um, the Bulldogs are 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 probably, you know, heading into next season are going to have to come up with a new way to kind of reload the the offense a little bit. They're they're going to be missing some key pieces, aren't they, Jackson? Uh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Jay Kaner's got one more game in him. He's going to play the bowl game, no doubt about that one. From what I'm hearing, as well as the others that maybe have their eye on the NFL draft. We see quite a few of them around the country decide not to play in bowl games, but this is a big one. Looks like they're all going to be in full force. And guys like Jordan Mims, you've got a bunch of receivers, Jalen Moreno Cropper, uh, Nico Remigio, St. Pope, Ty Jones, uh, the tight end, even the starting tight end, Raymond Powell's, all those guys are, there's not many Bulldogs that are out of eligibility after this year. It's about 13, 14, but those guys are all among that group. So they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we'll hit the. We'll talk about the transfer portal a little bit uh, later on, but we already have seen one offer from the portal go out from Fresno State, and it's been for a wide receiver. So, expecting them to be very active in the portal with the the receivers unit to try to reload here. And there's also a handful of Bulldogs that are, you know, freshmen, sophomores that have been waiting their turn. And we've got a lot of high hopes for those guys, but it's just been so top heavy that they haven't had their chance to break out quite yet. Yeah, this is uh this is gonna be, uh, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna get interesting here pretty quickly when it comes to uh this transfer portal and as we hit the end of the season, so um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to touch upon that a little bit because there are some some huge targets out there. Um, and I've been seeing some people making some mentions of, of a certain quarterback, but, um, yeah, well that, that is gonna, that's going to play itself out. So (laughs) we'll get into some of the transfer portal later on in the podcast, but first Jackson, the boy Fresno state takes on Boise state, knocks them off, gets the championship, and solidifies their opportunity to head over to the uh, let me let me get this correct the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl because <laughs> he does he does get a little uh, upset when you don't include his name in the title right Jackson we've seen we've seen some clips of him uh, doing the um, his show and talking about the bowl and uh, and why it has his name but this one's going to be a big one it's going to be in. Uh, Los Angeles in the SoFi SoFi Stadium, where the uh, Los Angeles Rams play, and uh, state of the art facility. We get to go to that one. Are you excited, Jackson? Oh, absolutely! Um, to get to go to LA. I mean, this was outside of the New Year's Six Bowl. You know, the the hope for the end of the season, and despite one and four, they pulled it off. 
Um, definitely saw Jimmy Kimmel making those remarks. It's been funny. Whenever uh, I reference this bowl as the LA Bowl, uh, people seem to get excited. Uh, you know, so far, a chance to go to the uh, play a Pac 12 school. But whenever I mention it as the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, it suddenly <laughs> doesn't sound all that exciting or, or serious of a, a bowl game to play at. Um, and he specifically pointed out that he wasn't too happy with <laughs> people that were leaving his name off. He joked that he was going to be sending some subpoenas to the, the, the new media outlets uh, <laughs> leaving his name off. And then he posted the website for the bowl game to get your tickets, which doesn't have his name on it. So <laughs> yeah. pretty tongue-in-cheek. It's just labowl.com. And speaking of which, the Bulldogs, uh, sounds like they didn't get a huge allotment of tickets, but they sold them out already, and they're requesting more. Uh, if you go through Fresno State, uh, those proceeds go through the dogs and um, help them fill their allotment requirements and all that. So uh, keep an eye out for another round of tickets to come their way. Um, I don't think anything's going to – I would be surprised if uh, this venue sells out. It's a huge stadium. I don't think Washington State's going to travel by the tens of thousands, but um, they are working their way through the ticket process right now to get the Bulldogs the best seats. Yeah, and I heard that uh, the amount of tickets that they gave the Bulldogs was a measly 2,000 tickets. <laughs> so 2,000 tickets, uh, they, were, they, they don't know the Bulldogs very well then. Um, Bulldogs <laughs> do travel uh, very well, and when you're getting a marquee matchup like this at a state-of-the-art facility, you better believe that uh, a lot of Fresno people are going to be making this trip. Uh, to the to this game and so 2,000 tickets it, was, it, it kind of annoyed me a little bit Jackson to tell you the truth it was a little annoying to just hear only 2,000 tickets were given to the Bullocks to, to sell yeah yeah that was a, that's a bit odd to me <laughs> maybe Washington it would be interesting if Washington State got that number and haven't sold it out already I would assume even though there was uh, there's going to be more Bulldog fans that they would sell well more than 2,000 from their end too even though uh, some of their fans, uh, Fresno State fans, are wanting a, a better opponent than Washington State, and Washington State fans are poo-pooing having to play Fresno State. So both teams, I think, are going to have some bullets and board material by the time this kicks off. But, yeah, I'm expecting several thousand. I mean, even Coach Tedford pointed out that every time they've gone to USC or UCLA, there's been several thousand Bulldog fans, and they're expecting the dogs to travel in big numbers for this one. You know, I would think somewhere probably in the range of 10,000, maybe a bit more might show up. Um, and you get into a stadium like that, it'll be interesting to see how it, it plays. Um, you know, the Allegiant Stadium we were at earlier this year, there were only fans of both teams in the, the uh, first section. You know, there's like four decks to that venue. And uh, the fact that they were all close to the action and the noise was bouncing around that, indoor venue it's set up for a really neat environment and plenty loud so i'm expecting we'll see something pretty similar to that um you know last time around two in the las vegas bowl that game sold nearly forty thousand, about thirty-five thousand tickets and was pretty even between bulldogs and sun devil fans probably a little bit more for the red wave so uh, you would think about 15 at least showed up for that one so i uh, would expect a similar number there's a whole bunch of momentum again the season uh, if you would have said 10 and 4 at the beginning of the year, you might have even been disappointed with how much expectation was on this season. But to win eight in a row, to win the championship at Boise State, leading into this game close to home 
in SoFi Stadium. I mean, uh, it's got all the momentum going for it to have a big day for the Red Wave. And, uh, you know, the last time uh, Fresno State played in a bowl game against a Pac-12 uh, Pac team, I believe that was, uh, wasn't that Arizona uh, State? Uh, yeah, that was that Las Vegas Bowl. That's been the Bulldogs' last shot at that. And, and this bowl game is also going to be on ABC, just like that one was. So, um, yeah, this is as good as it gets for the Mountain West uh, if you don't quite make that year six bowl. Yeah, so now they get they get to face another uh, another Pac-12 team. W wouldn't it have been amazing if it was uh, Washington instead of Washington State, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there certainly would have been some storylines there. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. Um, that would have been that would have been epic. I would have told you that right now. Uh, it, had it been Washington versus Washington State, uh, to have the the former coaching staff going up against their former team. Uh, would have been uh, would have been a game to watch because there there wouldn't have been any bad blood there, right, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, uh, and it almost looked like it might head that way there for a while. Um, actually, the LA Bulls usually supposed to get the number five team in the Pac-12. They got bumped a little bit because the Pac-12 has had such a good year. They're sending two teams to the New Year's Six Bowl games. They've got uh, Utah in the Rose Bowl and um, USC is also playing in the New Year's Six Bowl game, so uh, it did eat into their slots and, and where those teams are going. And um, I'll tell you, even though Washington State did finish seventh, uh, they are this is a pretty good team. Um, the Pac-12 had six ranked teams, and they're the next one after that. They took a bunch of teams to the wire: Oregon and Utah. I believe were both three, four point losses for them. So. Uh, they definitely have the ability um, on the right day to, to give the Bulldogs a test, but you would think the Bulldogs are, are the better team going in, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe this the betting line on this one is going to be close um, by the time kickoff comes around. Uh, but, uh, you know, this week we're not really going to break down this matchup because we still got a whole nother week, right, Jackson? We got another week to wait for this game. So things can change from now until then. So we'll do the the, the matchup breakdown next week on the next podcast. Um, so this week we're just going to, uh, I don't know, Jackson, you tell me, tell me what do you know about Washington State, what they look like um, coming in to this bowl game? Um, you know, what is what has that team been like so far? Yeah, they, I mean, the big deal was made last offseason about the portal and how much players moved more than ever before. And one of the biggest names of the whole process was Cameron Ward, quarterback from Incarnate Word. Now, uh, not quite the um, the name that uh, Caleb Williams was going to USC, but before that happened, Ward was one of the, the top prospects, and he did end up in, at Washington State. Um, the previous year, he passed for, albeit at the FCS level, 4,700 yards almost with 47 touchdowns. Uh, pretty astonishing numbers for him the year before, and uh, he started all year at Washington State, had a pretty good year, went for 3,000 at the Pac-12 level, was pretty efficient with touchdowns and picks. So, I mean, they've got one of the better quarterbacks Fresno State has seen all season for sure. They've been kind of hot and cold on defense. Um, and this is also going to be interesting because they are going to be missing some pieces. Um, their defensive coordinator has been hired by Arizona State. They've had quite a few transfers, including their leading receiver and another receiver that's been 
towards the top of the, the statistics for them have both hit the portal, a couple of players on defense too. So um, they are, are going to have to figure some things out here uh, in the, the next week and a half before the game. And, and as you mentioned too, you know, we're still learning about this group. The Bulldogs had a couple of days off on their end too. So we didn't get our press conference with Jeff Tedford. We haven't had a practice to cover quite yet. So um team has just been uh, kind of basking in the victory for a little bit before they get back to business here. Yeah, so we, you know, they've got a whole another week to 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 kind of dig into all of this, and so we'll we'll do as the game gets closer, we'll do our our usual breakdown of the of the matchup. Uh, but just just hearing a little bit about what Washington Washington State uh, is is about, um, you know, that it things things seem like Washington State and their uh, fan base are kind of taking uh, the Bulldogs a little lightly from what I can tell so far. I've been out there kind of looking around, and they don't really think the Bulldogs can give them a, a game, Jackson. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, there, there's certainly some Washington State fans out there that have been in their Pac-12 bubble, and of course the Bulldogs and the Cougars haven't played in almost 30 years. Uh, it's been since 1994 uh, since these two teams have played. So um, unless you're a, a Washington State fan that observes other college football outside of uh, outside of the area, then you probably haven't paid too much attention to the Dogs in quite some time. Um, we sure know there's been some, even though there's only been a couple of matchups, between these two schools, one of them was pretty epic with Trent Dilfer and, and Drew Blitzel going head-to-head against each other. So there's a little bit of history there. But, yeah, that was one of the other things that, that Jimmy Kimmel pointed out. <laughs> they had a news bit from up there in Washington, and they were both a bit embarrassed-sounding by both playing the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl and having the opponent of Fresno State. So um, there's been definitely some uh, bulletin board material over there. Um, I think there's also a lot of Washington State fans that know how good the Bulldogs have been and that it's going to be a, a big one for them. And you just take a look at the betting line. It's been just about even already. So um, we'll see uh, if there's a Cougar fan that is overlooking the Bulldogs. There's a, sounds like a good chance they'll be humbled on the, the 17th. Absolutely, it's uh, this game is going to be a lot tighter than than uh, than everyone thinks it's going to be. Uh, then there's also the fact that uh, some of the player Fresno State players that are dinged up, they get a whole nother week to get to get healthy, right, Jackson? I mean, there's still some players that are kind of not a hundred percent, but they get a whole nother week to try and get there. Yeah, they fortunately came out of the uh, championship game pretty healthy. Uh, no new issues that I observed. Um, there's been a couple of guys. I think uh, we Josh Kelly wasn't close to playing, but maybe two weeks from the championship, he might be able to give it a go. We'll see. Um, Elijah Gates has gotten to the point where he can suit up, but not quite good enough to play a little bit on special teams. That's about it. So we'll see there. And yeah, I mean, not much for Fresno State to adjust to over this time, but with the whole portal situation, Washington State's going to have uh, a lot of adjustments to make. And um, the Bulldogs have just one player right now that is going to make an impact on the depth chart that has bolted. Um, so otherwise, Fresno State comes in with a lot of continuity and a lot of rhythm. Washington State will have not played for three weeks. They'll be missing players and coaches. So uh, 
uh, trending more towards the Bulldogs and the Cougars on that aspect. And and this uh, is also going to help David Perales get to 100% because he faced Boise and he still wasn't at 100%, Jackson, right? Yeah, and maybe he might have been best for him to sit out, but he, you know, we counted him at eight snaps. Uh, the first snap he went out there, that was a worrisome one because he, he was not very effective and had, I mean, limped off. He was trying to limp back to the line of scrimmage and couldn't make it, got back over to the sideline, and we thought, oh, man, you know, that was the one player we're going to see, and that's it. But he was able to readjust, uh, get started again. Uh, we Again, we counted him at eight snaps. He did have a couple of good plays mixed in there, and um, he was on the, the bike staying warm for the majority of the game. So. Uh, as long as uh, he's in a position where he's not risking himself further, uh, we should see a lot more of him in the bowl game, which, I mean, uh, I was a little concerned about what the defense might look like without him. They got by okay against the Broncos. They played a great game. But, yeah, he's definitely a difference maker, and he'd love to get a chance to impress some people on that kind of a stage. Yeah, so that is going to work in in his favor to kind of get back to full strength, Um, you know, Two weeks from from the Boise game to uh, to the bowl game, that's plenty of time for him to kind of get readjusted and get back to where he needs to be for the upcoming matchup in the bowl game. And so uh, we'll touch upon more of the of what the injury front looks like next week, as as well as the matchup breakdown. But then that brings us into the next subject, and that's recruiting Jackson. And I know the uh, the coaches. They, they as soon as the bowl game was was not the bowl game but the championship game was done it's business as usual for recruiting uh, trying to get things done because now we've got the transfer portal open and uh, and the the uh, December deadline looming for any potential signings and so uh, how does that look for the Bulldogs right now Jackson yeah I mean it is a it- uh, this is an unprecedented offseason. I mean, not that it is quite the offseason yet, but it is for a lot of schools out there that didn't make bowl games. And uh, so now we see the dominoes fall already. I mean, just on Saturday night, the Bulldogs are celebrating the championship. They're uh, all over the blue turf, raising the trophy. There's red waivers all on the blue turf. And uh, there's this big ceremony. And uh, I mean, all the reward of winning the championship and and then less than 48 hours later, the uh, transfer portal opens to a new 45 day window and across the nation, uh, over a thousand players, I believe have hit the portal since Monday. And uh, I mean, that's wild. And for Fresno state, especially uh, the month of December is a big one for official visits. The first weekend they did not get because of the championship game. They weren't in town. And the third weekend, they're going to be in L.A., so they don't get visits then. So uh, all the chips are on the table here for this weekend. That's going to be the only one there in town to host visits. And they've got to now sort through the transfer portal, see if there's someone they can get on a visit and bring in in time for signing day, as well as junior college recruits, all the guys that they want to get in for the spring. Uh, Everything's going to be riding on this upcoming weekend. And, of course, there's high schoolers out there where – um, the Bulldogs, again, typically do their visits at this time of year. So uh, it's going to be uh, quite a hectic weekend as far as the recruiting trail goes. It's all one shot here. And as well as uh, dealing with the portal, um, they've got two players in. Kale Sanders, who started, uh, I believe, nine of the first ten games. Um, he is 
or nine of the first 11 games. He is now in the portal. Uh, will not be with the team for the bowl game. Carlton Johnson will, got the start over him the last two weeks. So uh, the Bulldogs are certainly in good shape at cornerback, but we'll be probably looking for some depth there before next season. Uh, both Lockridge and uh, Johnson are back next season, plus Braven Lux, who's out with injury right now. Um, the Bulldogs also have to deal with the coach that's leaving, uh, Saga Tuatelli, as we've been hired by Arizona State. Uh, it sounds like he is going to be coaching the team through the full season, but uh, it definitely puts a wrinkle into recruiting and uh, trying to add in some players to the O-line, too. So they've got a lot of things to juggle there. It's uh, relatively a lot less than most schools are going through here. Uh, this this time of year, Fresno State is in a very stable situation relative to the country, but a lot of new things that they're going to have to deal with that uh, haven't typically been on their plate. No, and and now the transfer portal gambit begins for the Bulldogs as they start to shift sift through uh, the transfer portal, looking for any potential uh, players that uh, that they may be interested in to kind of help fill some of the gaps that are going to be left by some of the the seniors that are going to be leaving. And uh, Jackson, any particular names you can share with us uh, that uh, are in the transfer portal that is not on our premium <laughs> edition that you're willing to share at this moment. Yeah. So as far as outgoing, it's just the two for Fresno state right now, as far as incoming uh, a lot to um, unfold here. There's been one public offer uh, that's been made to Kyle Williams, wide receiver at UNLV. He's been a three year starter over there looking for a new home with two more years of eligibility. And uh, he's a guy that Fresno state has been publicly announced as going after uh, on our premium board, we do have a list of about 25 transfers to keep an eye on from that first day. There's been a handful more since then. Uh, a few local guys that are went to Power 5 schools and are now back, like uh, Trey Pastor, linebacker at Cal, um, and Cam uh, Williams at Washington. Uh, both of those guys, Williams from Bakersfield, uh, as well as Pastor from Atwater, you know, you always keep an eye on those types of players to see if they might be wanting to come back closer to home. Um, but uh, for the full list, and the as well as our hot board, we've got a list of transfer prospects, and we've got our hot board now that's been revealed uh, here on Wednesday. That's got about 25 recruits that are primarily high schoolers and junior college guys that Fresno State is going after. So a lot of recruiting info to sift through and a lot of scoop on the VIP board right now. Yeah, so things are going to start to warm up when it comes to the to the transfer portal. So if you're not a premium subscriber and you want to get a leg up on on everyone else and find out what is happening with the transfer portal in Fresno State, you need to get your premium subscription in order to get that information um, because we'll, we're going to be reporting it there first um, before it becomes public news. So if you if you want to be in the loop. Now's the time, and I'm pretty sure there's still some specials happening right now for a premium subscription, right, Jackson? There is. So uh, it was supposed to have ended right now. If you haven't got on board yet, you're in luck because uh, there's a, a big one going on right now. It's actually kind of out of our control. We're, we're just on board because Paramount <laughs> Plus is going big this month. Uh, they've got some big releases uh, headlined by Top Gun Maverick is going to be coming out later this month. And to celebrate all that, um, typically you got to be a full paying subscriber to barcord.com. If you're on a promotion, you don't get access to Paramount Plus until you renew as our loyalty perk. But 
Uh, right now, we are offering a deal that gets you instant access to Paramount Plus and Premium Barkboard VIP all in one shot. Uh, the Paramount Plus is typically 100 bucks. It's free. Barkboard is typically about 120. It's a half 50% off. So uh, the deal right now is about a 220 or so dollar value. Uh, it's yours for just $53 right now. If you want to get on that and get Paramount Plus and Barkboard.com through this time next year, gets you all through the off season, all of our spring football coverage, all of our basketball, all the recruiting scoop here, as well as all the good stuff next season with fall camp and all we our insider coverage of football season two. So um, we've had a number that's larger than 50% before, but uh, monetarily speaking, this is the best value that uh, we've ever offered. And it's going to be going on all month. So uh, make your way to Barkboard and uh, grab that. Uh, if you're interested in Paramount Plus, I mean, <laughs> why not grab Barkboard VIP while you're at it at a big discount. So uh, make sure to, to get in on that. There's a whole lot of content and, uh, videos and uh, shows, movies, on-demand stuff, a whole lot of offerings on Paramount Plus, which covers all the CBS umbrella, the MTV and Comedy Central, and a, a whole lot of stuff through their uh, umbrella that's available on Paramount Plus. So uh, a lot to offer there. Absolutely. I use Paramount Plus uh, religiously. There's a lot of content on there. And uh, so if you're looking for a stock, uh, a stocking stuffer, so to speak, right now, uh, a $200 value for what? Just over 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> now's the time to do it. So get your premium subscription and get access to Paramount plus and all, all that it has to offer right now as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, uh, no, moving forward as well. It, there's that deadline for the December, um, signing, uh, for any incoming recruits, Jackson is, you know, it's December and typically, you know, we're, we're looking at this, but do we expect anybody signing early in December? So there should be about at least 12, I would say that's what we're expecting to see. Um, the Bulldogs only have six commits right now, which you know, with everything going on, there's been a lot of different trends in recruiting. Uh, two years ago with COVID, I mean, all Bulldogs had like 20 recruits signed in June and July or committed in June and July. And a lot of them signed in December and the Bulldogs are pretty much done, but it's shifted a lot with the portal. Um, and with the COVID waiver as well, it's tough to tell exactly how many scholarships you're going to have. So the Bulldogs, they uh, had about 12 to 14 players that they expected to be uh, on the out as far as eligibility is concerned. And now we're seeing a couple more hit the portal. So that's going to open up some spots. And the Bulldogs, again, they have six high school commits right now. They're all expected to sign here in December. And they're going to go out and try to fill up as many players as they can. Guys, that because if you hit the December signing period, then you can enroll early and be a part of the team in the spring. So that's a huge deal for transfers and for junior college recruits that have their degree already and can make the jump and get a head start with everything. So that's going to be the biggest priority, I believe, for the dogs. You're going to have a couple of uh, key high schoolers that are also you're going to be going after and trying to get commits at this stage. But the transfers and the junior college recruits that can not only make an impact for next season, but can 
get in early and get into the mix and understand the schemes and everything so they're not just learning in August. They'll have six months under their belt. That's where the Vlogs are really going to try to score here in the next two weeks. Yeah, and and that's uh, hopefully they're going to be able to fill a lot of gaps, get that all taken care of for uh, for next season. Uh, you know, get some of these players in for uh, signing day here in December so that they can enroll early uh, in the spring, and that that'll that goes a long way to get you ready and to compete for a starting position on the roster. And uh, you know, maybe Jackson, we might see a surprise or two happen. <laughs> we we've had it happen before where it wasn't even on our radar. Uh, any chances of, of something like that happening or you, you, you think you're pretty dialed in this year? So yes and no. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, we've got a comprehensive list of the targets that Fresno State's going after right now on that hot board. It's right now it's 24 players, and considering uh, I think the Bulldogs will probably sign around 12 to 14, that means they may only have about six to eight. I mean, that, that's a lot, a big number for this time of year, but um, if you're getting six to eight commits from a pool of 24, I mean, you could definitely have some surprises. Um, but it's really whittling down from a a bigger group. It's tough to say who those six or eight might be. It's really wide open. Um, Outside of a few recruits we know are going to be in this weekend and the the latest offers that are definitely priorities. So we've got them ranked there as far as the ones at the top that I think we think are most critical or most likely to be commits and and then the ones closer to the bottom that are maybe more long shots and that kind of thing. So a good feel, but also with the portal, again, Bulldogs have only offered one transfer portal prospect, and I'm certain that's going to increase by quite a few uh, within the next week or two. And again, there's a few transfers we know that the Bulldogs have shown interest in, but with only one offer out there, it could really go a lot of different ways. And even position-wise, too, where exactly they decide to bring in transfers, quarterback's going to be a hot-button topic all off season. Uh, Were they going to go with Fife as well as some of the younger quarterbacks that might be able to make some noise this spring? Or are they going to bring in a, vi- a veteran with some experience from another school, uh, much like they did with Hayner and with McMarion before that? So uh, a lot of stuff still to go on here in this short window. And then you're going to have a whole nother round of this throughout the spring and even into the summer where it's just going to keep going while they fill in the roster. Yeah, and, and that just means uh, more podcasts for us, right, Jackson? I mean, we'll, <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll, we'll just we'll just keep breaking the news as as it comes in, uh, especially with the the trend, you know, the recruiting wise. It never sleeps. It's going to be happening all the way up until next season again as uh, Fresno State continues to kind of move pieces around like a chessboard um, and trying to get the right people in the right places so we'll we'll keep reporting on it we'll keep pulling out these podcasts as you know we'll probably have a a a podcast exclusive just for the signing day uh so we'll have that all put together as soon as we have uh, all the information as to what happened on signing day so keep an eye out for that as we continue to try and and report on on the news there um but that being said, Jackson, anything else you want to cover while we're we're getting ready to kind of wrap this one up? It's a shorter podcast this week, but that's because we didn't have our breakdown for the upcoming matchup. So any 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 other news you want to want to talk about? Well, the Bulldogs had a little bit of a bounce back on the uh, the hardwood. Um, 
this, as while Fresno State was winning the Mountain West Championship, or afterwards, I should say, uh, on the football field, the basketball team was over in UC Irvine. They were big underdogs, and even head coach Justin Hudson wasn't even on the sidelines. He was sick, um, sick enough to not be there, of course. And um, Bulldogs pulled that one off. They beat the Anteaters 80 to 66. So uh, that was a pretty big win. UC Irvine had been having a really strong showing so far this season. And so we'll see how the Bulldogs, what they can do with that. Um, you might be listening to us here after the Bulldogs play uh, Cal State Northridge. So, um, But on paper, the Bulldogs, um, they've got an easier schedule here in this month and a chance to get some wins together and some momentum going in the conference play. So we'll see if they can kind of continue that trend and turn things around and, and get some things going in the conference play. Um, it's had Aaron Judge sign a reportedly today a nine-year, $360 million contract. Uh, as far as I know, the biggest number ever by a former Fresno State Absolutely. student athlete. i got to say, selfishly, I was hoping uh, he was going to be signing with the Giants. <laughs> there were some reports coming out there that that was going to happen, and I was getting my hopes up, but he's back with the Yankees. Um, as far as not the Giants for me, that's a cool deal for him to stay there and, and build his legacy. And um, uh, as far as the annual basis go, that's $40 million. Paul George has got him a little bit beat there on an annual basis, but uh, you don't get nine years in the NBA for a contract. So uh, Judge is uh, the top dog as far as the monetary income is concerned for uh, former Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, $340 million plus uh, for for signing a baseball contract for nine years is going, is, uh, you know, amazing of, of what it, uh, of what it can be. So, um, you know, hopefully he, he, he donates for some facilities at Fresno state, you know, one can only hope, right. (laughs) Since that's where it all started, but you know, uh, each player has his own way of kind of showing thanks to the university. So we'll see, uh, later on, uh, he's been a, a huge contributor here in Fresno, um, doing a lot of different things around town and, and doing commercials and stuff. So, you know, Maybe, maybe he'll come back and 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 do something for the community here. So, but three forty six. Oh man, come on, Jackson. I just I just want you know one, you know one 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 will do for me right now. So maybe maybe he can send one over our way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on in uh, out there right now. I mean, you forgot to mention. The you know the Raiders have been on a hot streak since since we saw them lose in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they lost since then. And Devontae's got a whole bunch of touchdowns from Derek, so that's exciting to see. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's a whole nother story in itself because it looks like that connection is starting to bl- blossom and they're exploding right now. And uh, Devontae Adams is is pulling in more yards than he was pulling in at uh, at Green Bay right now. So uh, things are looking like they're turning around for the Raiders and Derek Carr. Uh, so um, I don't know. It, maybe it just took us coming to town for them to wake up a little bit for those Raiders uh, and ex-Bulldog um, players. So I don't know, Jackson, uh, what's your thoughts on that, on how they're recovering now? I mean, they've got a little bit of a way to go there to make it all the way to the playoff hunt, but uh, they've done everything right that they can after starting the way they did. So 
we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, Michael Walker is not too far out of the playoff race in Atlanta, and um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they they pull off. A lot of noise for Aaron Judge right now, but don't forget about the, the pull plugs in the NFL too. Yep. So there's uh, there there you have it. And so uh, Jackson, any final thoughts as we wrap this one up? Yes, if you want to relive some of the moments from the, the Mountainless Championship, again, I was there on the field taking pictures and videos, and we saw all that stuff is not too far down on the latest stories list. We've been covering a lot of stuff that's been on the last couple of days, but uh, it's pretty easy to find on the homepage. We've got our photo gallery from the win. I'll have a photo gallery still I'm posting now about the celebration. We've got video of the celebration of the team. Uh, hoisting the trophy and taking in everything afterwards post game interviews and the recaps so and also on the vip board our insider info with all the um, individual performance intel and snap counts and player grades and my uh, further takes on how things unfold on the field so uh, a whole lot to catch up on there on the championship if you haven't seen it already on bugboard.com Absolutely. And, uh, you know, head over to the bark board because that's where we have a lot of that information. So uh, check it out. Uh, You will not be disappointed, especially with the specials going on right now with Paramount Plus. Um, You know, it's a great stocking stuffer. So make sure you take advantage of that right now, because once that deal is gone, it's gone. So uh, just got to take advantage now before the holidays and, uh, and and get that subscription for your loved ones. That being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me at Twitter at uh, Red Wave Report. Uh, if you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page and give it a like. Uh, over 5,000 and strong. Uh, I, I don't know, Jackson. The last time I checked, it was just over 5,000. Are we getting close to six? Uh, yeah, it's almost at six now. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty close to 6,000. So uh, get in there, give it a like, help promote our uh our website here and keep things rolling because the more people we have the more information we can report on so make sure you take advantage of that and as always if you're not a a subscriber to the bark board head over to thebarkboard.com where we've got both free and premium subscriptions but of course the premium subscription is the way to go Uh, that being said i want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of fresno state athletics